just want to uh, thank those who listen in on the internet. And I know it's from all around the world, from South America, and we have German and French and Spanish listeners. And uh, thank you for listening and so on. And I would encourage the church again to, to look at our website. There is so much spiritual food for you day by day. And the numbers sometimes are, are thin. So do look at the Facebook of uh, the church or just the website, whatever's fine for you. So watchman who? A watchman, a prayer watchman, is anointed to see God's hand at work and to partner in his handiwork. So you're alongside, you're a partner in what God is doing. That's who. Now how, of course, is the thing we need to know. The purpose of being watchman is to help us develop that spiritual focus by which we see God's plans, we take part in his work to achieve the plans, and this is really important, and to protect his people. Now the watchman's role is this. If you look at the de 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 dictionary definition, watching is more than casual looking. For many of us who are a certain age, a watchman used to be a little old man in a big long coat and a big hat standing by a sort of brazier outside a factory warming his hands and maybe cooking a few chestnuts on it. That was the watchman and he was to stop thieves getting into the factory. Well, that was good and right, but it's not the sort of watchman we're talking about. The watching is more than just that pure guarding by a fire. It's the it's more than casual looking. And we sometimes use the word these days, don't we, about watching, that we watch television. Or we were on the seashore and we watched the tide go out. And it's much more than that. The watching can be defined as to keep vigil in a devotional exercise. I'll say that again, to keep vigil in a devotional exercise. Or it's almost like being awake during the night. And I don't mean that literally, but it's a spiritual aliveness. Now, watching also involves a personal involvement. And it involves a personal responsible involvement. The, the watchmen in biblical times, they were, they were people who were often assigned, first of all, particularly in the Old Testament, they were assigned to protect the crops and the animals against thieves. Second, they were assigned to protect cities from invaders. So you get this idea of the watchman tower, don't you? And you think of castles and you think of these minarets and so on. And people look to see. And that's part of it spiritually. And they are vigilant. There are two Vs that you need to be aware of. And it's not to do with victory, but it ends in victory if you do this. The Vs are to be vigilant, to watch around the clock. They were vocal as soon as they w saw the danger or the threat of danger or were aware of something. What did they do? They shouted or they blasted trumpets. Vigilant and vocal, two Vs, an easy way to remember. 
In the Old Testament, Ezekiel was called to be God's watchman over Israel. Yes, he was appointed a seer before he was called a watchman. He sees the windstorm. He sees the cherubim, the expanse, the Lord upon his throne, and the scroll he is commanded to eat. Ezekiel 1, 4, verse 4. He's the one who warns the people of the dangers of sin and unrepentant hearts. Ezekiel 3.16 says this. Ezekiel 3.16. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. He was anointed to see everything before embarking on his task. He had an overall picture. Wouldn't we like an overall picture at times here? Employ some watchmen. No, you are individually watchmen. You're all watchmen. It's not employing a watchman. The watchman also means, we always say men, but it's watch women, isn't it? Watch women often have that spiritual sensitivity to operate in this. Now, why do we need to do it again, you watchmen and watch women? Protection from the attacks of our enemy. You see, that protection's not automatic, even for believers. Sometimes, sometimes we have to pray it into place. We need to be alert. So you need to be that watchman for protection. God's plan is often to warn or and alert us of the enemy's tactics. May well indicate how he's going to work in advance. John's illustration just shared about the cars. It's sort of guidance, isn't it? Third, we must be alert to remain watchful. Or we won't be aware of God's attempts to warn us of Satan's attacks and plans. If we're not alert and watchful, finally, or we're ignorant... Ignorance, blind, deaf to God of the enemy's schemes. He, the enemy, Satan, will take over that portion. Rob, destroy, mess up. Jenny's mentioned that she had a prompting for God to do with Gethsemane prayer, and we've started to move in that, and the second full prayer meeting will be coming. But the Gethsemane model gives us that new covenant, the new covenant watchfulness. We're not talking about Old Testament Ezekiel watchfulness. Jesus shows us how to watch and pray. He foresaw, didn't he, his imminent suffering. He experienced temptation as warfare. Read it. You look at it. It's so powerful in the Garden of Gethsemane. He struggled in prayer over it. But he kept, didn't he, focused on God's redemptive plan. It was God's plan. And he also used his will to resolve, to submit to the Father's will, what God wanted to happen. You see this watchfulness, this being available to what is happening. Now, look at that in the garden, what happens where Jesus' disciples shows us what happens when we don't. We don't watch and pray. They didn't heed Jesus' exhortation to watch and pray, did they? Mark 14, verse 34 and 38. They didn't. The second thing is they didn't see the purpose of God or the battleground of temptation at that point. And they didn't submit 
to God's will, but they resorted to fight and flight. The spiritual watchmen and watchwomen see beyond the present crisis, you're often in crisis where the watchman needs to work, but he sees past that into the future glory. He sees what God is going to do. That future glory comes, and that's the powering to actually do it and get going. It's no use having the word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and doing this. Quite theatrical, and it's quite biblical, you're holding it. But you've got a sword, the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, but you're supposed to use it. If you don't use it, you might as well leave it in its sheath in which case the enemy wins before you start. <coughs> the spiritual watchman is empowered to submit to God's purposes in the face of hardship. You're in that hardship, but you want to do what God wants to do. <coughs> and you see yourself as man or woman, in the vision for God's purposes, as you're participating, you are one who is working you're the one using the sword. You're the one in that tower watching. And of course you draw upon God's grace to battle against the enemy. It all sounds like a bit of a slog, but it's, it, it's part of the gifting that comes as you move in it. It will be as natural as breathing, but you need to be aware. God talks about it's important that we're not ignorant we don't want to look at Satan, we want to look at Jesus, but we need to know the way the enemy works, otherwise we're ignorant. Once described, as if you're in that position, of going into the boxing ring with Muhammad Ali and you're blindfolded. Not a comfortable position, and the enemy will punch you from any position because you are blinded to his ways. Now, watchfulness is also important in relation to the ministry of healing. I felt at times when that run-up to Paul's healing and we saw that <clears throat> and the fruit of it when he's walking the dog and the stick away and the broken wheel cart that he used, the disability cart or whatever it's called, mobility cart, um, broken and remains broken, doesn't need to be mended. And John Wimber, I remember in his early days in his book, talked about how for a year he prayed for some sign of healing. He prayed for a whole year. And then that year passed, and his wife was the one who was healed. And he was just so full of joy, he just jumped and shouted. He shouted to God, we've got one, we've got one. And I felt almost in my spirit, that's what we were saying to the Lord in response to his graceful healing miracle on John, Win oh, not on David Winter, <laughs> David Winter, no. David Winter, bless him, is with God, but no, with Paul Winter. Jesus is our model. He hears, he sees, and he goes as directed. Say that again. Jesus is our model. Jesus is the shape we need to follow. He hears, we hear. He sees, we see. He goes as the Father directs, we go as the Father directs. don't know if you can get this up, John, but 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 2, John, verse 9, can you get that up behind me? Thanks. A bit longer, I will read it. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 12. As it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. 
1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. It's all right, don't worry. That's it's putting you on the spot. For the listeners, John is uh, putting the uh, words on the screen behind me and, and it's not easy to do quickly. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. For those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand what God has freely given to us. In plain English, I can't know now what Lawrence is thinking, and he doesn't know what I'm thinking, although he knows I'm reading things. And in that same way that I don't know what Lawrence is thinking at this instant, so we don't know what God is thinking except by the Spirit of God. We would know what Lawrence was thinking if he told us now, and I'm not going to ask him to in case it doesn't fit with what we're doing, but he's looking comfortable, so that's okay. Our spirit thinks our thoughts. God's spirit thinks God's thoughts. God's spirit thinks God's thoughts. But when we're working in this area of watchmen and so on, some of the thoughts that we get are ours and some of God's. As we start in this, we're a bit amateur. And a lot of the thoughts will tend to be ours and a part of it will be God. But as you move in it, it becomes more God-shaped and less me-shaped. More God-shaped, less you-shaped. So don't be encouraged. And part of the discernment is that we sort of, we can learn to discern what God's thoughts are. Do you see how important this is? Now you say, who's called? Well, we're all called to be watchmen. All believers are to be called watchmen. Mark 13, verse 37 says this. What I say to you, I say to everybody, watch. Watch. You see, if you're asleep, you can't watch. No? If you're asleep, you can't watch. Focus of watching. Guard your heart. Be our brother's keeper. Remember the protection. You see, we're, from birth we can see physically, but spiritual sight requires spiritual ability, and it comes back to that word of anointing. And God's so willing to give those gifts and anoint you for it, but he does like to be asked. If you don't ask, you don't get, basically. Sometimes we ask and he says no. Sometimes he says not yet. And sometimes it's yes in power. But he does like to be asked. We receive our spiritual sight when we're born of the Spirit. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. John 3, verse 3 says that. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. John 3, verse 5. So he must be born from above in order to see, to enter and function in this realm where God reigns. And by virtue of that new birth, we can see spiritually. I like this scripture from Israel, uh, Isaiah, to do with Israel. Isaiah 56, verse 10 says this. 
Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge, and they're all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. They love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. They are shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. Each seeks his own gain. Come, each one cries. Let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer. And tomorrow we'll be like today or even far better. Isaiah doesn't pull his punches. So can you imagine you're one of those people he describes and you're going to apply for a job as a watchman. And on your CV you write this. One, I am blind. Two, I am ignorant. Three, I am mute. Difficult to speak being mute, isn't it? So imagine a bit of silence. Next, I'm sleeping, so imagine a bit of snoring. Next, I'm selfish. And next, basically, I'm a drunkard. Now, do you think you are going to get the job as a watchman? And if you do, are you going to be effective? We need to look at the New Testament for the real answers here. Hebrews 13, verse 70 says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must keep an account, or give an account. Obey them so that their work is a joy, not a burden, for that will be of no advantage to you. Acts 20, verse 28 says this, Be on guard for yourself and for all the flock, you see the unselfishness. Yes, you're doing it for yourself, but it's all the flock, all your friends, everybody you know, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. We have an oversight here, and please pray for them. Nobody prayed during our open prayer time for the oversight, and I want to just do that by the words now. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers, and in the overseers, that's all of us, but there's oversight as well, to shepherd, to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. One Peter five verse six says this: "Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety upon Him, because He cares for you. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil." prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Roaring lions need to be spotted. Roaring lions need to be seen as soon as possible. Watchmen up the tower, up the prayer tower, are the way to do it. You see, Nehemiah is so often the illustration of, to do with leadership and the way to do things. And Nehemiah 4, verse 7 says this, But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the men of Ashod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem walls had gone ahead, but that the gaps were being closed up, they were very angry. They plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir trouble up against it. 
but we prayed to our guard and posted a guard night and day to meet this threat. See the model? See the problem? And there's gaps in the wall. Now, because there's gaps in the wall, verse 13 says there this, Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears and bows. Now remember, they're building the walls, aren't they, of Jerusalem. So you've got these builders, and I want you to see this picture. In one hand, they've got a trowel, the trowel for the cement. But in the other hand, behind these low walls, they've got a sword. Trowel in one hand, sword in the other. Good picture for us as we build God's kingdom. We're using the sword, using the trowel. After I looked these things over, says Nehemiah, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. There's that word again. From the spring harvest people, what's it like to be in God's presence? Awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons and daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own walk. So you see Nehemiah, there's gaps in the wall, the exposed places. The enemy's going to be tempted to attack there. So let me ask you, what's your exposed place? Where's the enemy most likely to attack you? What's your area of weakness that you repeatedly trip up in? I guess we all have one, don't we? We're all flawed, we know that. We have a common struggle, yet we have those particular areas of weakness which the enemy will like to come on. He will often attack in the areas where he's been successful before. So what does Nehemiah say to that? Because he says it to them, but he says it to us now. Be on watch, be on guard, especially in the exposed places. Some have problems with greed and the pleasures of the, wor the, of the world. Some, there's an exposed place where we're at air that the enemy would really like to exploit us. So be on the watch, be watchmen. But remembering all this, that the battle belongs to the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, Psalms 127 verse 1 says this, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders, see the trowel, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Isn't that interesting? All that teaching I've said is fine, providing we're doing what the Lord is telling us to do in the way. The Lord watching over the city, the Lord watching over the situation. Psalm says this, he who watches over Israel, Psalm 121, verse 4 and 5. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The, God, the, the Lord watches over you and the Lord is your shade at your right hand. Isn't that a lovely picture? Lovely picture of the battle belonging to the Lord and then being under his protection. A lot of words there. I just want to conclude with this. Ezekiel 3, verse 17 says this, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. 
Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. Warn them from me. And very, very finally, Habakkuk 2, verse 1. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Have you ever heard a sentence from Scripture with so many I's, my's, myself, I, he, me, I, I in? Isn't that wonderful? A whole lot there telling you what you can do and the effectiveness. So, in response to that final word from Scripture, may you and I not be rebuked for not being a prayer watchman here. Amen.